0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dev Raga Personal Finance, episode 112. And in this episode, we will discuss the concept of fraud. I think it's fair to say that fraud is not uncommon, and some of the listeners may have been personally affected, particularly with respect to consumer fraud. This will be a two-part series on fraud with a focus on consumer fraud and its types, and also specific types of financial fraud, including corporate, accounting, white-collar crime, Ponzi and pyramid schemes. For those of you that are new to the channel, there are three main aims. The aim of this channel is, number one, to be educated, to improve your financial literacy. Number two is use that knowledge and be empowered with it so that when you go to your financial advisor or accountant or lawyer, you can use the knowledge and speak at a level that you can understand. And number three is to be entertained. Just a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. Make sure you make any financial decisions you want to make after listening to one of my episodes to your appropriate financial advisors. If you're stuck on what to do, here are some simple steps to get you in the right track when it comes to saving, investing, and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step one is pay yourself first. Take 20% of after-tax income and put it aside. That's your money. You're the most important person in your life. Step two is invest that money, ideally into something you understand or want to understand. For me, I just invest in index funds because I understand index funds. Step three is reinvest dividends. The power of compounding is phenomenal. Step four is you've got to do it for the long term. Now, in my view, long term is not 5, 10, or even 15 years. I'm talking 20, 30, if not 40 plus years. And step five is you have to automate the investment forever. Wherever possible, automation is absolutely vital. Now, if you do these simple five steps over the long term, you probably have more money than you'll ever need in your life. And remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring you happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life a little bit better, but most importantly, the lives of people around you a lot better. Now, in this episode, we'll tackle consumer fraud and its various types. But before we go into detail about it, I had a junior doctor contact me recently to share their fraud story, which they thought would benefit the listeners here. Hi Dev, I have an interesting fraud story. I have some cryptocurrency that I keep on a hardware wallet called a ledger. Unfortunately, the company that I bought it from got hacked, and as a result, the details of all the people that have bought this device from the company was leaked online, including their full name, their email, their mobile number, and their physical address. Thanks for sharing that. And for the purposes of this episode, let's call the junior doctor, Dr. X. Now, I have done an episode on cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. If you're interested, go back and listen to it. That's episode 85 for those listeners that are new to the channel. Now, just to summarize here, Dr. X had cryptocurrency securely stored in a hard wallet, which is called a ledger. And that requires a particular password to get access to the actual cryptocurrency. Now, unfortunately, the company they purchased the crypto from got hacked. And as a result, their full name, date of birth, address, mobile phone and email was all hacked and distributed and stolen. Now, since then, Dr. X has been the target of several scammers who are bombarding them with emails, which thankfully gets filtered to their junk mail. Now, the emails appear legitimate, sophisticated, but Dr. X has caught on to this fact. So how does Dr. X protect their identity? Now, from what I understand, um, they've locked down all their accounts. They've changed the authentication standards to two-factor authentication, and obviously not via mobile phone, because that's been stolen as well in terms of their SIM card and the item number. You've got to keep a low profile publicly. Um, so, you know, low profile online and social media accounts. And of course, the hard wallet or the ledger has since been moved to an undisclosed location. Um, and it's got various authentication steps in order to get access to it. Now, why is this a problem? Now, the problem is that information about this doctor Uh, their personal details have been leaked. Now, if they know that they're a doctor or if they know that they own cryptocurrency, which is worth a significant amount of money, you can see how their personal home and family can be targeted for extortion. This is a real problem. So Dr. X has taken all the steps necessary to protect their identity, protect themselves and their family, and also their cryptocurrency which is sizable in value. So how has Dr. X protected their password for their crypto? They've made it into a multi-step process. It's not just written on paper somewhere. And one of the steps is actually a passphrase, which only they know. And one of the steps is actually one of the passphrases, which links up to another passphrase. And that's been engraved so that they're both stored separately in two separate locations, both undisclosed. And the third step is accessing the hard ledger, which is also stored in an undisclosed location. So this doctor clearly has thought of a multi-step physical authentication process in order to protect their cryptocurrency. But unfortunately, due to their hacking, their physical address, physical location, mobile phone, name and email has been compromised. Now, since then, all of that has been rectified, including their physical address. So fraud is a real problem. Now, I've been affected by fraud. I got a phone call from my bank explaining why I wanted to buy $6.2 million worth of Amazon goods. Clearly a scam. The transaction was real, the phone call was real, but I got a text message to click on a link to authorize a $6.2 million transaction from Amazon. This was clearly someone from the United States trying to use my credit card to buy all that Amazon goods. So I had to change all of my accounts, my mobile number, my credit card, and it was such a pain when this happens. And it takes time to lock all the accounts and change accounts. It's time that I'll never get back. So fraud is a real problem. Now to the main topic of consumer fraud. Now this is when consumers, i.e. people like you and me, are directly affected by financial loss due to fraudulent activity. Usually businesses target specific groups of people, students, elderly, but largely everyone is affected. In Australia, we have a government run website called Scamwatch, which is very useful. If you haven't visited it, I suggest you go and have a look at it and you'll see all the different types of scams that are currently happening in Australia and sometimes around the world. They even have live statistics of money lost due to scams. And at the time of preparing for this episode, which was in Jan 2021, 19,845 reports of fraud were done already um, at the start of 2021, with about $22 million lost already, men and women were represented equally. Phone calls, text messages, emails, were the primary methods of fraudulent contact. And social networking comes in at number five, and that's becoming more and more common moving forward. So let's specifically discuss the various types of consumer fraud. Now, COVID-19 has spawned a new era of fraud. The Australian statistics are over $7 million has been lost to scams during the COVID-19 pandemic with over 5,000 reported scams specifically related to COVID-19. Now, under the COVID-19 topic, the subtypes of COVID-19 scams include government phishing. So scammers sent emails pretending to be from the Australian government requesting personal information. Emails and text messages are primary methods of communication with the consumer. And official logos appear to come from the .gov.au website or MyGov website. Now, myGov um, is an official government website or app where Australians can access a lot of information. Um, They can access taxation information, Centrelink information, services information, Medicare information, immunisation registry. It's a centralised database. We're moving more and more online in Australia in terms of storage of these personal details. So if you're listening from overseas, that's quite standard in Australia. We use it all the time. I use it all the time. And in fact, my some of my medical stuff is actually connected to myGov as well. Now, the key in these messages is that the suffix of the site is not official. It doesn't end in the .gov.au, which is the official government suffix when it comes to internet addresses. So don't click on any links provided in these emails or text messages. In fact, when you get a text message, just don't click on the link at all and block that message or the sender immediately, especially if it's from someone that you don't know. Now, what they do pretend to offer is financial assistance and help, usually pretending to come from banks or the Australian government or insurance companies pretending to help. And they all have fake links and fake emails. All are phishing scams. Now... Under COVID-19 pandemic, there's been a number of superannuation scams. Um, Since COVID-19, Australian government did announce uh, last year and also this financial year that people can dip into their super for financial assistance uh, if they met specific criteria as part of the early access to super scheme. Now, this was in financial year 2020 and also 2021. What they did was they contacted consumers pretending to help with accessing their super and then charging a fee for it. Now, usually there are no charges for accessing a super in Australia. So if you get an SMS, email or link or social media post about such scams where they charge you money to access your super, be aware it's a scam, just don't click on the links. Now, again, COVID-19, there's cures and vaccination scams. Now, COVID vaccination deployment is well underway around the world, but also in Australia, where a lot of healthcare workers, me included, have started getting our vaccines. And Australia is on the verge of distributing the vaccine to the public, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And scams are already in place to pretend to help people get their COVID vaccinations earlier than expected or cures for COVID-19. Now, in Australia, we have a national vaccine rollout strategy. It's not free for all. There are specific categories of people that are eligible before other people, unlike other countries where vaccination spots are sold. And this is illegal in Australia. If someone's paying you to get vaccinated earlier or asking you to pay to get vaccinated earlier, it's a scam and penalties will apply. Vaccinations will hopefully be tracked nationally by the National Immunisation Registry, And letterboxes have been spammed about scams, about vaccination and cures for COVID. Just be aware, do not respond to vaccination scams. Now, during COVID-19, there's been rental scams as well. This is where scammers offer rental properties which don't belong to them and charge a bond or a deposit in order to secure the accommodation. They're trying to take advantage of people's fears of COVID-19 and also that they may not get accommodation. Uh, They're charging for inspections in Australia. You shouldn't be charged for inspecting properties. Inspecting properties for rent is free. Uh, They offer drastically reduced rents for such properties, only for the prospective tenant to find out that the property doesn't actually belong to the advertiser. And these scams predominantly affect students who are often on tight budgets for rental accommodation. Often the rentals are posted on not official sites, not on real estate or domain, but often are posted on classified ad sites. Uh, like Gumtree, for example. So some of the tips on how to avoid COVID scams is never click on any links. Uh, They are very creative when it comes to making the email or text message appear very original. Inform your family and friends. Discuss about COVID-19 fraud with family and friends, particularly elderly grandparents or parents who may not be aware, who may not be tech savvy. And if you encounter a scam, spread the message. Inform as many people as possible. The common denominator for COVID-19 scams is scammers are attempting to steal your personal information and use that against you. So that's COVID-19 scams. There's also consumer fraud when it comes to buying and selling scams. And usually these types of scams happen via classified ads or websites like eBay. And out of that, subtypes are buying items which don't exist. Usually they copy a genuine ad, boat, car, consumer items, accommodation. The prices are lower, usually very low. And usually the scammer accepts payment and then sends you an email that they're away or overseas or interstate and never honour the product. That is, you are buying the product, but the product never exists. And they also send you a fake invoice as proof. There's also selling items where if you want to buy an item, then, um, sorry, if you want to sell an item, beg your pardon. you need to be aware of buyers who may want to scam you Now that's called the bouncing check scam. This is when buyers pretend to buy an item from you. They pay via check, but usually that amount is over the amount asked. Then they pretend to make this an accident or overpayment, so ask for the difference to be transferred back to their account. But this difference that's transferred back to the account happens from your account to their account. So this transaction is genuine. When the money is transferred back, the seller, that's you, finds out the original check has actually bounced. This is called a overpayment scam or a bouncing check scam. Now the warning signs are extremely low prices. You know what they say, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. International money transfers, that's always a bit of a warning sign, beware. Targeting vulnerable people, they target low income earners, elderly people, students or people who are just too busy to check the fine details, including professionals like lawyers, doctors, accountants, engineers, etc. And they're often very evasive. Inspecting the items is always too difficult or excuses like I'm away from home or not around this weekend, etc. So beware buying and selling scams. Now, the other form of scamming is dating scams. Again, consumer fraud. The MO here is there's always fake online profiles via dating websites. And we see this um, people getting duped all the time. It's it's all over the um, internet. It's all over the TV. But this is not an uncommon scam. It still happens. And educated people that know that they shouldn't be falling for such scams often do fall for such scams. And the MO is there's fake online profiles by dating websites and they build an online relationship with an unsuspecting person. Uh, They send gifts and often book to visit in person, but nothing actually eventuates. And we hear about such scams all the time. Um, And the MO of the scam is to gain your trust. It's an emotional scam when it comes to the basics. Then the tune changes. Once they gain your trust, then they say, I need money. That sort of tune comes into play. They may ask you for money due to financial troubles or loss of income or job losses or COVID. And during the trust building moment, they would have asked you to send photos of yourself to them, sometimes in intimate states. This is their insurance policy. So never send your real photos online, including Facebook, Instagram, or other online social media apps. Just don't post photos of yourself or anyone else that you know online. Now, they may actually send you the gifts. Where does it come from? Usually from their other criminal activity, so stolen products. And they may sometimes send you money to outsend it to someone else. So that's another way of money laundering. That's what happens with money laundering criminal activity. And now you've become an unsuspecting accomplice. So here's a tip. If someone falls in love with you online within a matter of weeks, Red flag. Now, I'm not saying it's not impossible, but it's just too good to be true. So watch out for the classic MO of I need money or I need your help when it comes to dating scams. And never upload personal photos online. Never send anything intimate via social media or WhatsApp or messaging apps, as these can be used as insurance policies. And this is actually a common way to blackmail someone. High profile people are often caught out due to the temptation We hear these stories all the time. Now, the other form of consumer fraud is job or offers of employment scams, which is a little bit more prevalent during the COVID-19 pandemic because people have lost jobs and some people are quite desperate to regain jobs. Um, So COVID-19, unfortunately, has seen the rise in employment scams. So what's the MO here? Usually there is an ad in the classified section for a job which allows you to make easy money. In fact, many such ads are now on YouTube and even social media sites like Facebook, which come as sponsored ads. They may charge you for a starter kit or charge you a fee for a blueprint for a successful job or employment offer. Now, sometimes fake recruiting agencies target vulnerable people, students, unemployed, lower socioeconomic people, etc. Or even businesses that are recruiting with promises of labor supply or promising work. And eventually, once money is exchanged, you never hear from them again. Or they give excuses all the time. So beware um, scams uh, regarding work from home. Now, when I was studying back in the day, there were ads about desktop publishing or recruiting gigs or even door-to-door selling to make commissions. It was actually very common. A lot of them ended up being very low-yield or even outright scams. Now, the other type of scams that we do hear about is pyramid scams. Now, these are, you know, a golden classic, but it's still going quite strong. At the time of making this episode, or preparing for this episode, I should say, $8,000 was lost to pyramid scams in the month of January alone, with people losing up to 33% of their money. Now, it's basically a recruiting drive. Usually, there's a product to sell. And the purchaser buys it and becomes part of the program and tries to sell it to others. This relies on endless supply of new members joining, but of course, eventually, new members dry up. Then, like all things, the pyramid starts to crumble and the original person is nowhere to be found and everyone else is left holding the empty bag. Here's a tip. Beware of schemes where they guarantee you income as a baseline. That's often a pyramid scam. There is no such thing as a guaranteed income in business. Now, there are other form of specific scams, which um, I probably won't go into too much detail because the themes are very, very similar. Usually, there's promises of huge sums of money, there's short-term gains, there's guaranteed returns, there's unrealistic expectations, there's extravagant advertising... There's some form of emotional selling and there's usually some form of hijacking or attempts to hijack your personal information. In terms of other forms of scams, they include unexpected winnings such as scratchies, lottos, the rich uncle who died in Nigeria and usually there are fees involving in claiming your prize. You should never have to pay money to claim a prize such as a lotto win. There's government rebate scams. This was more popular when solar rebates were more generous, but I think such scams have dried up with respect to solar rebates. But wherever there's a government rebate, there are scammers around. Because people use the government as a legitimate source of information. So it's very easy to you know misappropriate that and scam people. Um, threats of extortion. Compromising images of yourself posted online threats to life or threats to arrest, the ATO scam. You get a robotic phone call, for example, for threats of your arrest if you don't press 1 and pay your unpaid tax bill. A lot of people fall for this scam even now. In fact, just last week, I got a phone call from an unknown number and as soon as I picked it up, it was a robotic message saying that the ATO is after me and they've got an arrest warrant. Please press 1 to end it now. And of course, just hang up and block that number. FISing uh, or phishing, malware or ransomware. Now, who can forget in 2019, the big data breach which occurred across Victorian hospitals where health networks were attacked and patient details were compromised. And I believe, um, you know, this episode will air in March when I'm recording it. I believe some Victorian hospitals as I'm recording this have been hacked in Victoria. So that problem is still ongoing. Uh, The Victorian healthcare system is currently being hacked. Major hospital networks are currently being hacked. So it's a very, very common thing. And some private hospitals are also copying it as well. Even small GP clinics are copying it who are vulnerable to data breaches. And then they'll ask you to pay some sort of ransom to get your data back. So consumer fraud is rife Um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have been touched by consumer fraud in one way or another, certainly I have, Um, and um, it's something that we all need to be aware of, we all need to be uh, educated on, and if we identify a fraud, I think we need to publicise it, report it to the authorities, and also tell our family and friends, particularly vulnerable people such as the elderly, people of non-English speaking background, uh, people from um, disadvantaged communities, a lower socioeconomic background. Who are more prone and vulnerable to scams to inform them that there is this scam going on. Now, that's about it for this episode, which focused on consumer fraud. In the next episode, I want to discuss some higher level frauds, such as white collar crime, accounting fraud, insider trading, and the difference between a Ponzi scheme and also a pyramid scheme. Stay tuned for that episode. Remember to leave a five star review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you may be using or leave a five-star review on all platforms, which is even better. And please leave a positive review. And in that theme, here is a review that I found on Apple Podcasts from Pratik Bandhu, who writes, Excellent podcast from a very knowledgeable and genuine host. Has been a life-changing experience. Now, thank you, Pratik, and I appreciate the kind words. Just a disclosure to the listeners, I happen to have met Pratik some time ago, And he is definitely on another level. So I'm humbled that he listens to my episode. So thank you very much for the very kind feedback. Remember to like Devraga Facebook page. Shout out to questions and comments and topic suggestions. Share this channel with family and friends. Apple Podcasts, Anchor App, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Player FM. I'm everywhere at the moment and also via devraga.com. And remember, always pay yourself 20% 20% of after-tax income as a minimum. If you can pay yourself more, even better, but minimum has to be 20%. Learn about fraud and how to protect yourself against it. It's surprisingly common and you're likely to have been affected by it at some stage in your life. That is a reality of the situation in 2021. This is Dev Raga Personal Finance, episode 112. And as always, please make sure you stay safe.